are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in Eagles fans to another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked On Eagles. We thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. I'm Louis DiBiase joining you on this Friday edition of the show. It's episode five of five. Download it into your phone wherever you get the podcast. We're also on video form and YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page, Locked On Eagles exclusive video content, as well as our full episodes always posted Monday through Friday. Hit us up on Twitter as well, at LockdownBirds, at DiBiase, L-O-E. I'm really excited about today's show. It's one of those shows that I look forward to anytime, I don't know, you know, there, there's certain things I love doing. I love the ranking series we're doing right now, the mock drafts, you know, prospect breakdowns during the season, talking about the games, you know, I really do live for that kind of analysis, but the fan in me, what I love about this podcast is I feel like we can do it all. You know, I think we can talk X's and O's. We can talk, you know, roster building philosophy. We can do all the serious stuff. But also, I think fans really enjoy speculation and nostalgia. You know, I feel like this podcast can be, you know, a scouting report. It can be an article, a feature story. It could be a sports radio segment. And these kind of shows I really like as a sports radio guy myself. We're going to talk about what ifs. I did this back in 2020 during the pandemic. A lot of you listeners really responded to it very well. Um, There wasn't much to do after the 2020 draft in May. You know, we still couldn't go to even breweries and people were avoiding the beach still. The weather wasn't fantastic. It was like the peak of COVID. So we were just trying to, especially with Lockdown Eagles, we're trying to get everybody through the pandemic. We're all trying to have fun together on social media you know, to get through it. And so that's what I really love about this podcast. What I love about Eagles Twitter and, you know, although that was a horrible time in the world, it really did make me appreciate you guys a whole lot more social media, the shows. I feel like it did show the positives in all of these avenues, 100%. And what I did was I brought a what if series to the table going back through Eagles history, because I am a very nostalgic Eagles fan. I love looking back in history. You guys know I make analogies, tying things from the current Eagles to the past Eagles all of the time. It's one of my favorite things. I can't even control at this point. I say, you know, something in 2021 will just instantly remind me of something from 2014 and I'll pair it together. So I did a what if series going back to, you know, what if Carson Wentz didn't tear his ACL against the Los Angeles Rams? Or what if the Eagles traded up for Marcus Mariota? Things like that. What ifs. What I want to do today is bring that series back two years later with more of a draft focus. With the draft next Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, I wanted to get into the past what-ifs. Like, you know, especially with Marvel right now, the multiverse, and they created a series themselves called What If. I wanted to bring this back and take a look at the things, the moments in Eagles draft history that would have changed things dramatically more than anything else, like Marcus Mariota, like Russell Wilson in 2012. So I brought on my good friends from 4th and John, Gail Saunders and Chris Malley, two of the best Eagles podcasters, content creators, and follows on Twitter. Two of my best friends, 
in the Eagles fan base. I went down to the Senior Bowl with in Mobile. Just two awesome dudes that love talking birds. I brought them on the show in segments two and three to go over some of the craziest draft what-ifs in Eagles history. So we're going to get into that coming up next right here on Locked On Eagles. Today's episode of Locked On Eagles is brought to you by Shady Rays. You can get the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price with Shady Rays. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Rays' insane protection program. Shady Rays includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They'll send you a brand new pair if you lose them no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay absolutely nothing. It's as simple as that, plus 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusive for our Lockdown Eagles listeners, head over to ShadyRays.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. And guys, today's show is also sponsored by the official sports book of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's Bet Online. Get all your NFL draft bets in only five days until the 2022 NFL draft. Bet on what the Eagles are going to do. How many positions go in the first round? Who goes where? It's all available at Bet Online as well as the NBA playoffs. You've got the MLB season right now, the push for the playoffs in the NHL as well. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and so much more. Head over to their website today, betonline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into another edition of Locked On Eagles. Louis DiBiase joining you as always, but I'm really pleased to be joined by my next two guests, two really good friends from Philadelphia, content contributors for fourthinjohn.com. It's Gail Saunders and Chris Malley here to talk some Eagles draft. What is with me, boys? It's good to see you again and talk. Haven't done it since the Senior Bowl in February. Yeah, man, it's nice to see you uh, again. Uh, Last time we were... Living our dreams down there in Mobile, right? Tell me about it. I mean, that was some of the coolest experience we've had. Even like off the field, going to, uh, man, what was the bar? Veets. <laughs> going to draft room. We were eating some, some intel. Crap, some uh, alligator. We had, a, we had a good old time out there. <laughs> so uh, what I want to get into with you guys today is something that I did during the pandemic two years ago. You know, it was, I think, around like May. So I was getting ready for the dead zone, right? Right after the draft, when there's not a lot going on in between the draft, OTAs, and training camp, you know, you start to come up with content, especially then there wasn't really much to do considering the pandemic. So I came up with a series, Eagles What Ifs, kind of going through Eagles history and saying, you know, how things could have been different. Like, for instance, if Carson Wentz didn't tear his ACL against the Rams in 2017, you know, if things went a certain way in drafts. And that's what I want to get into today with the draft on Thursday next week, taking a trip down memory lane and taking a look at, you know, some things, how different it could have been if just one pick went differently, right? I think there's so many instances like this. And I think like a big one is when we bring up all the time is 2015. Like what happens if Chip Kelly trades up for Marcus Mariota with the Tennessee Titans, that second overall pick? Like, don't you guys feel like that's one of the biggest you think about how different that could have been? Because I feel like if Chip Kelly gets Mariota, he's not fired after 2015. No Doug Peterson, no Carson Wentz, no Nick Foles again. Like, guys, I don't know if that team wins the Super Bowl. Or even gets to one. 
Right. I mean, how how good is the Mariota Chip Kelly Eagles? And that's without Deshaun Jackson at that point and Jeremy Macklin. Like, I, I don't think that team. I don't. I don't know what happens. I mean, you that you you'd move a lot of pieces, and that that would have made a, a huge wave. I mean, like. It could have it could have been flashy for a quick second because Mariota would have been running that offense right. pretty tight, you know, and precise. But at the end of the day, man, I, I feel like things are supposed to happen how they're supposed to happen. Like, imagine mm-hmm. if Fletcher Cox was in the, in the middle of this defense for the last umpteen. You, the you Chiefs know. took Don Terry Poe what four spots ahead of him. The Memphis defensive tackle, like that, that's a huge one. If I mean. Uh, the Chiefs could have had Fletcher Cox, and that changes, I think, everything. I, I, th- I think to, about Mariota a lot because, you know, what's funny about that. The Titans, some people speculated maybe they would want to stick with Zach Mettenberger. And, <laughs> you know, do you guys remember what the trade offer was? Can you tell me just like a few players that were in that deal, at least the hypothetical deal Chip offered Tennessee? It was Fletch. It was uh, – yeah. uh, who else was it? It was a linebacker? Kendrick. Yeah. They had their choice of Mark Sanchez or Sam Bradford. I think it was multiple first-round picks, and I think Brandon Boykin was involved in that deal. And, you know, the funniest part was I think Tennessee said no, so they went to Tampa Bay at number one. But it gets me to thinking, too, about, like, 2016, how Howie Roseman jumped up the board twice. And, you know, they had to get lucky that the Cleveland Browns didn't think Carson Wentz would become a top 20 quarterback. You know, things can just change that quick. And if a team recognizes a quarterback is the guy, like if Detroit recognizes Malik Willis is the guy too this year, there's nothing you can do about it. You're trying to speak something into existence here? Yeah, maybe I am just a little it's, it's bit. A, it's a little high now. <laughs> Are we feeling that? Yeah. I mean, they, they've considered it. I don't think they're going to. But at the same time, people think that Malik might even fall to like 7 to 10 range. But – it's it's weird right now because Pittsburgh's been talking a lot about moving up to get Pickett at uh, yeah at seven or eight too. There there's a lot of movement right now. Jag Jaguars are shopping one number one pick right now too. Like it, it's crazy. There's like a like, lot of movement yeah. going on. You know this brings me back to 2016 because the Eagles again had to get lucky. They're a seven win team at that point. They're picking at I don't even what what, what spot did they have in 2016 before they moved up to eight with it was twelve we were right 12, 12, 12. 12 to eight. like the rarity of getting lucky that you get to move up from 12 to eight and Miami will take on the Kiko Alonso contract and Byron Maxwell. Maxwell. Yeah. That was, that was love. Like they're like, we'll take those on and you can move up four spots. Miami has made two bad trades with the Eagles, by the way, when you look at it since 2016, last year's trade too, like we'll take Jalen Waddle instead of a first round pick next year and Devontae Smith. Um, But I don't don't know. What about the second round pick that we got for uh, what's his name? Quarterback, um, uh, for um, back in the day, Kevin Cobb, not Kevin Cobb, AJ Feely, AJ Feely, yeah. Talk about some trades that Howie Roseman he has gotten some steals for quarterbacks because they got a second round pick for Kevin Cobb and Dominic Rogers. That's another what if, by the way, because Joe Banner has. Do you guys ever hear the story that apparently before the lockout there was a deal where the Cardinals were just going to give the Eagles a seventh? overall pick and it would have been Patrick Peterson, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that could have changed everything. I, I don't think you're going to sign Namdi Asimov at that point either. That, that, that's amazing, man. Like that, that would have changed a lot of things. That, so the lockout prevented that one, correct? Yeah. I think the, the deal was that they couldn't make any moves during the lockout. So the trade kind of fell through, ended up being DRC in a second round pick afterwards. So uh, Patrick Peterson, it would be funny too. Like, 
I do. I'm just a very nostalgic Eagles fan, so it would be funny if it all came full circle. Like I was kind of even rooting for Mariota to come back as a backup a little bit, because I will say back to that real quick. Like of all Chip Kelly's downfalls, and there were a lot of them. Like you know, Gail, you mentioned he would have tailored that offense to what Mariota did at Oregon with Chip. And, you know, he would have been forced into that exotic smash mouth, Mike Malarkey Titans offense. So <laughs> hey, hey, we, we had Jeff mail for a little bit. Remember him? That's right. Yeah. And they, do you remember when they brought on Dennis Dixon too, as chips first move in 2013 they and did. there was some like talk, he might compete for the starting job. <laughs> one, of, one of my high school teammates is actually like best friends with chip Kelly. Really? They like was, was at his wedding. They, they coached together at New Hampshire. His, his name's Sean Devine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a he was coaching with Delaware for a little bit, um, and he was supposed to coach with Chip Kelly when he came down here. I don't know what fell through. I was like, I got my in with the Eagles. Like, I got my in now, but it, it never happened. But um, but either did I, him I, getting a quarterback, man. I think that was of all things, like him not getting a quarterback, and especially one with mobility outside of a few Vic games. I think that was like a huge, you know part of chip kelly's offense and to never have that it was weird how he almost like switched up his quarterback philosophy in the nfl compared to college well just remember back when they had like this if you think back at it like how the hell did we get sam bradford tim tebow and mark sanchez all on the same team and and matt barkley was here too at that time right yeah so like four his not historically good quarterbacks but some of the best in college yeah I, I want to get into to your guys' what ifs because the Mariota one, I don't want to say it bothers me because again, you don't win a Super Bowl if they draft Mariota that year. It just doesn't happen. And I don't know if Marcus falls off like he did in Tennessee and Philadelphia. Although again, it would have been tough. You know, he didn't have a lot of weapons. And at the time you're thinking maybe Frank Gore comes in, he's his running back, and that's the plan in the backfield. Um, but you know, there are certain things, certain ones that do bother me. Like, what are the what ifs that you think about the most that maybe you were the most devastated at the time? Um, that it did not fall, that it didn't happen. And you'd love to be in like a, you know, the Marvel multiverse is kind of getting me thinking about this now. Like it, you would just love to see how that would have played out. Yeah. I mean, it's really tough because all the ones prior to the Super Bowl, it's one of those things where like, okay, things happen for a reason. That's a good point. But yeah. Like Gail since said, yeah. then, I know that Gail and I, like Gail and I were literally in the studio in New Jersey. This is like the first podcast I ever did. And him and I are talking outside the room before we got in the booth and we're talking about prospects. And I just remember like we're like, dude, like Debo Samuel looks really good. The wide and, receiver what ifs, man. There is a lot of them. Well, that was like the thing, because I was gonna say before the Super Bowl, like Alan Robinson, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Adams all went right after Jordan Matthews. And we took Marcus Smith too. And that's how we feel, and that's how we feel with JJ Ortega Whiteside and Andre Dillard. It's the same mm-hmm. thing. And we could have had Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, or DK Metcalf. And it's one of those things where it's just like painful. It's it's, it's not even just the last decade, it's still forever for the Eagles. They have not been able to get a first round wide receiver. And that's why it's crazy because now we have Devontae Smith. And now, like, we're waiting for, like, Hurts to unlock more of his game to help unlock more of Dallas Goddard and utilize Devontae Smith to the full ability. That's why it's so frustrating because, like, we finally have this wide receiver in Devontae Smith. Just took seven tries, yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And now and Hurts can't get him the ball as much as we'd like him to. But you still see the chemistry, though. Like, it it was really – it's really interesting to see – 
how Devontae Smith, even with the deficiencies of him coming on as a rookie and Jalen Hurts coming on as a second-year passer, and they still almost had a thousand-yard season. And the talents right. there with, with Devontae Smith, but and well, we took uh, Nelson Aguilar instead of Tyler Lockett, and then probably the most controversial one was like. I think the biggest one, and we have to see how things turn out, is if we didn't take Jalen Hurts. That's probably one of the biggest ones that we're going to end up talking about 10 years and on. After I think about it every day. Wraps up. Because, like, does Carson Wentz spiral out like he did? Like, do we end up getting Jeremy Chin, A.J. Dillon, uh, or Logan Any of Wilson them, man. From, like, who's on, Willie who's Gay Jr. on Cincinnati? Like, so it, it's interesting, but the one the one that sticks with me is like Gail and I were hell bent on Debo Samuel, and I know um, Gail loves Simmons on Tennessee, who's been phenomenal. Uh, I was gonna, those, those are, I was gonna those, mention that one. Those, yeah, like those, those are the ones. Like I just remember, like these comments. Like it was literally a couple years ago. Like Gail and I were just getting on a show to do a show like this, and uh, and we're like, man, Debo Samuel. Like that's the guy that we gotta get, and then yeah, I mean, uh, we were just checking out his game. We were just like, his game was so versatile back then, and we were talking about he's a wide receiver, running back, all in the mix, and you get two for one kind of deal. This episode of Lockdown Eagles is brought to you by a protein bar that tastes pretty much just like a candy bar. It's Built Bar covered in 100% chocolate. It's soft and easy to chew. It's all of the flavor and none of the guilt of your sweet tooth. Whatever that craving is, it could be a Hershey's bar, Reese's cup, you know, the cookies and cream Hershey's is my go-to with white chocolate being a favorite of mine. Replace it with Built Bar. Again, all of the flavor, none of the guilt, only 130 calories in most bars, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to one of those candy bars, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Plus the flavors. It's one for every taste bud. You've got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, you've got white chocolate cookies and cream, which again replaces to me the Hershey's cookies and cream bar. I'm a white chocolate, orange chocolate guy. I have very specific taste, but Built Bar has me covered. Plus they have now the first ever protein infused marshmallow bars with cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie flavors. Head over to built.com today. I'll get you 15% off when you use our promo code. It's locked15, L O C K E D 1 5, to get 15% off your order. Trust me, I've never really been a protein bar guy growing up. Built bars have changed the game for me and everybody else. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. You know, when you mentioned Jeffrey Simmons, I was, I was going to mention that. Like, if you, if you hit on a Jeffrey Simmons, you don't have to. You know, like get a Javon Hargraves. You know right. what I mean? You're, you're talking about yeah. these 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 moves that like like reactive these, instead of like proactive. Like if you hit on a, I'm, I'm not you know some of the corners that we we drafted. You know, um, mm-hmm. like do you even have to go and get a Darius Lay? Right. So or so if move- you draft Jimmy Smith all the way back in 2011 instead of Danny Watkins, you don't have to pay Namdi Asamoah and trade for Dominique Rogers Camardi. I mean, there's a million of those reactive moves, even Devontae Smith, Chris. Yeah, like I-, I hate the take, you know, you can't take a receiver again for the third year in a row in the first round, fourth year in a row in the first two rounds. It's like, yeah, you wish you didn't have to for a fourth time to clean up the mess you, you already made. Yeah, right, but- man. Jay Jaws a tight end now, which I hate. And I <laughs> just, just give up. Stop trying to make anything out of that pick, Howie. And, you know, the Rager pick, like, 
those moves were failures. You don't not make a move now to save face because you're admitting your faults in those two picks. So, exactly. yeah, I totally agree. And Chris, you got me thinking like the receiver what ifs impact directly the quarterback what if too, because, oh, yeah. you know, you've talked about what if they don't draft Jalen Hurts, but like even before that, if they take DK Metcalf in 2019 or Terry McLaurin, or if they take Justin Jefferson over Jalen Rager, even if they take Jalen Hurts in the second round, if Wentz, 2020 Wentz is Justin Jefferson, I don't know if he still spirals out of control. If they trade up for CD Lamb, they give up that second round pick that they took Hurts with. The Lamb one bothers me the most because that one directly would have resulted in Hurts not being on the team. And although that wasn't the thing that broke Carson Wentz, it was the final straw. Was it was Atlanta? Atlanta was in control of that pick. Well, they they wanted yeah. the second, correct? So they wanted the two. Apparently, so at first we everybody thought no, they wanted AJ Terrell from Clemson. Like they weren't going to budge from that pick. They wanted the corner. The report was a couple days later that it would have took the two, and the Eagles didn't want to give it up. And then I'm thinking, you didn't want to give it up to take a backup quarterback. Like if they would have took Jeremy Chin there, I'd been like, okay, makes sense. You get Rager and Chin instead of Lamb. You know that two for one trade off is good, but. To take a backup, Chris, that one bothers me the most. I'm glad you mentioned that one. No, I'm saying it's just a very complex situation. Like, obviously, we don't know because the book's so early on Jalen. But at the same time, like, it's such a complex situation because all that situation leads to not getting certain players, like all pro players, and then casting out a quarterback. Obviously, he had his hand in in the situation, too. And the largest dead money dead cap hit ever so that's why you see all the maneuvering and everything so yeah i agree like it is a huge what if it's one of the biggest what ifs for the eagles yeah because it affected i mean right now it feels like it threw you right back in quarterback purgatory and hopefully you find a way out of that through hurts taking another step or you find your quarterback next year in 2023 because i don't think they're taking one next week um although with the eagles you never know i.e 2020 but yeah i mean that's the biggest one because it, it threw you back into this unknown at the position and although Carson Wentz in 2019 wasn't what he was in 2017 like to go from what he was in 2019 to 2020 is such a substantial drop-off um so yeah I think the receiver what-ifs are crazy I mean look all teams could do this and there's a million different scenarios the draft just goes completely haywire every year so unpredictably so and it's really hard to be consistent in it but at the same time I don't know guys it just feels like the Eagles especially since like the Super Bowl, there's just a ton of these that, like you said, Chris, like all pro players were so close. And it's not just that like they were right by your pick, but you took the same position. Yeah. My, uh, my pick that just, it's one of those that bother me because it's like, you know, in a, in a historic running back draft oh, in 2017, the Eagles draft Donald Pumphrey. And again, you know, <laughs> I was rooting for the guy in the terms of, you know, I'm black and Filipino. He's black and Filipino. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I, I actually met him at one of the Eagles practices. I'm like, yo, bro. Wasn't he like 5'7"? Five, five, uh, like 5'9". So I'm like, you know, I'm rooting for the kid. But when And I was so angry, dude. I was so angry when we drafted him because we had Jamal Williams. Oh, yeah. We had, we had Marlon Mack. We had Aaron Jones. I mean, Chris Carson went as well. I mean, Alvin just Kamara's imagine. a pick a couple rounds later, yeah, too. I mean, imagine if you hit on any of those guys. Like, like, are we even talking about Miles Sanders? No, definitely not. What if Minnesota in 2017 doesn't move two spots in front of you in the first round? 
with the Bengals, the Eagles take Delvin Cook there. They weren't going to take Sidney Jones. I mean, that could have changed. Again, you win the, and you you brought this up earlier. Like, it's harder to say you wish things went differently then because you sign Legarrette Blunt in June. He becomes a key part of the Super Bowl. But, you know, at the time, those were extremely frustrating. And by the way, Gail Dinell Pumphrey, the epitome of the Eagles' philosophy at the time of college production over anything. I mean, the kid had like three, almost 3,000 yards from scrimmage at San Diego State that year. Broke Marshall Falk's record. Yeah, right. They? I mean, and, they just—that's all they cared about. Derek Barnett that year too broke Reggie Boyd's record. But the other thing, he didn't play a game, dude. Yeah, never played in. And the other, the other draft pick, uh, Jaquan Jarrett of uh, Temple, uh, safety. That you know, that was the last time they took a safety in the first two rounds. That's what I'm saying. How he's been uh, scarred for eleven years. Played twelve games and never played a game for the Eagles after that. Can you, uh, I don't know if you guys would know this, but and this is off topic, but do you remember the bridge safety they started in front of Jarrett for a few games that year in 2011? Um, oh, when you hear the name, you'll probably go nuts. But uh, Was it Sean Considine? No, but that's a good one too. Uh, <laughs> Dude, not my, it's, not macho, it's not Macho Harris. No, and it's not a Shimagoa Tagway, but he was one of the I was about to. I was about to say that one next. <laughs> Jared Page. Uh, Oh, oh yeah, number he and he wore. Guess what number he wore? Number forty-one. If I'm not mistaken. That's right. Yep. I don't know why we I remember that. Convers- we had this conversation when we were down in Mobile when we were like half asleep the one night because this I was remember the incredible we were talking- thing. We were having like conversations like this at the bar with Ronnie Brown sitting like right at the bar right yeah. next to us. <laughs> Part of that dream team. Oh man, good times. But uh, guys, the uh, last one I've got for you too. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie brought this up in his press conference a couple weeks ago. What if the Eagles draft Russell Wilson? I mean, because that, to me, Andy Reid's not fired. Like, say what you will about the the end of Andy Reid and the Dream Team and stuff, but Michael Vick not staying healthy is the main reason that team collapsed down the stretch those final two years. Like, even in 2011, the Dream Team year, they went 4-0 in December, nearly actually made the playoffs. If he gets Russell Wilson, you know, that – sustained success continues after McNabb, but you don't draft Foles, so he never comes back in 2017, right? There's, again, no Doug and there's no Carson. So does Russell Wilson and Andy Reid when, like, I bet you there's a lot more sustained success and maybe they're both still on the Eagles to this day, but again, do you trade the Super Bowl for that? Like, well, I mean, wasn't that the perfect championship but would you trade that for and then everything that's followed for re like what reed and mahomes are with reed and wilson you know because we will go back to this conversation like you're you are supposed to be where you're supposed to be and yeah i my birthday yeah, was on the super fate I, I can tell uh, my birthday was on the super bowl <laughs> day yeah I mean, so, so it was like the perfect day for you. what are the chances like i i, I don't think i would have traded that like if it was on another day but it was yeah. on my birthday, so that I couldn't trade in that scenario. But I do think if Russell Wilson was here, I think we would probably have won a Super Bowl earlier. I, yeah, no, I agree. That's why I would probably say sign me up, just because Russell Wilson with Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin, Lashawn McCoy, you Ooh. can focus on the defense at that point. You got a guy in a, a second round. If they, if Lurie said he wishes they would have took him in the second round, you take him on that second round contract. Um, yeah, man, that's that's one of the big ones because it's again, it's hard. You took Foles right after, and he wins you a championship at some point, and that was so perfect. But I mean, with Andy Reid again, it was you know if Michael Vick doesn't get hurt, I, I just 
I know there was so much that happened those final two years, but he instantly bounced back the minute he found stability again in Kansas City at that position. I mean, for everything, Chip Kelly, Andy Reid, all of these, like there were so many things that went into it, but quarterback is the thing that makes you wonder what if for so many of these scenarios. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's still a big thing because we all know the reports and it's not rumors, it's truth. Like the Eagles have been trying to get a quarterback the entire offseason. And mm-hmm. now they – and it was a absolute value trade too with New Orleans, but now they have more capital for next year, which is a great quarterback class compared to this year. Uh, even though I know that all three of us do like Malik Willis, it's one of those things where it seems more unlikely that they're going to draft Malik – because I, they, yeah, moved out, sure. they, they moved out of the spot. That's what's crazy, though. Like, they are nonstop trying to get a quarterback. And Jalen knows it, too, because they tried to get Russ. They tried to get Deshaun. They've tried. They, dude, they I think they tried everything. to trade up for Zach Wilson last dude, year. In the public eye, like, they're like, oh, yeah, we love Jalen. Because they do love Jalen. I mean, he, he's a great player. He is a hard worker. He's a face of a franchise type of guy, and he works really hard. But it's just crazy because he's doing so much homework and work on the back end to replace him. Because, dude, Deshaun Watson, like, that was a big thing. Like, his report was like, oh, yeah, like, I would have came there, but he's friends with Jalen. He's like, I didn't want to put him out of a job and, like, be in the right. situation, which is crazy. I think it's just important that even regardless of, you know, like, I always go back to the situation where Bill Walsh brings in a Steve Young when he has a Joe Montana. Like, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, a football team is about competition and, and – you know, building the best team you can and pushing players to be the best player they can be. So if, you know, like if you feel uncomfortable about the competition that they're trying to bring here, like that's, it's part of the, it's part of the game. Like, and if and it's part where you have to like take your game to the next level. So if he feels offended by doing them doing so, I, I hope so. Like the whole Jordan mentality, like in, you know, and that's, you know, and that's where you, you get offended and take your game to the next level. Like mm-hmm. you don't sit, sit Jalen back. Jalen Hurts seems like, like the kind of guy that'll find like MJ and Kobe. Like he's, even if they didn't do that, Hurts is going to find things like that. To, that's what you do. You take you like, yeah. all right. Yeah. You, you gotta find the me? littlest thing. What, what is the, what does the Jordan mean where he's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, it was the, cause he was responding to Gary Payton, right? I think so. I can't, yeah. I can't think it was, you know, the, you know, the Jordan meme though. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I hope guys that on Thursday, Friday and Saturday next week, there aren't more of these scenarios created. I think 2021 last year, I, there's not, I mean, I don't have any what ifs to you guys. I mean, I thought at first, like when they took Landon Dickerson over Asante Samuel Jr. and Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa and the way those two started off the year, I'm like, Oh, this might be one of them. But I think, you know, the last year we don't have any, and hopefully this year uh, maybe it'll be what if for the better. Like, because th- real quick, that that happened too. There were a couple times, like uh, you mentioned Fletcher Cox and Don Terry Poe, like 2013, if the Miami Dolphins don't trade up in front of Chip Kelly at three for Deion Jordan, is Chip Kelly not taking Deion Jordan over Lane Johnson? Mm. I mean, the Oregon edge rusher? I I don't know. So let's let's hope that it maybe it's it's for the better what ifs next week. But if not, hopefully they just kill this class. Uh, thanks so much, guys, for checking out Locked On Eagles today. Eagles draft what ifs with my boys from Fourth and John, Gail Saunders and Chris Malley. Guys, uh, give our listeners a shout out where you can uh, where they can find you on Twitter, your podcast, and all your written content. Uh, you can find me at Eagle Sessions. Um, you can find a lot of our content at fourthandjohn.com. You can look at 
Look for us on socials at uh, at Fourth and John. And uh, Chris, how do they hit you up on Twitter? Yeah, so it is Mally underscore Chris underscore twenty four. That's uh, the Twitter at. I have Instagram as well. It's just my name, Chris Malley, and I have a scouting page too. And then content over at Fourth and John. Uh, Gail and I do player interviews. We just had Khalil Shakur on. That was an awesome interview. We had Chad Muma from Wyoming on earlier as well. And uh, if you guys ever have any questions, all three of us are good people to reach out to on the timeline or the DMs. And always try to answer any questions as fast as we can. Louie, appreciate you having us on. Appreciate it, boys. Thanks.